0: Now, for those of you who are new, I do want you to understand, though, we're not preaching from a song. We're preaching from the Bible because it is the Bible that has the power to change our life. It's the Bible that gives us hope. The Bible gives us help. And every time we open up God's word with a heart to receive the things that he has for us, we believe God speaks and that will be changed. But the reason we're doing it with music is because music is powerful. Music stays with us and music helps us remember things. So I'm hoping that... By doing this series, through these songs that we're looking to for inspiration, you'll be able to remember some spiritual application. And I want to get right into our scripture today with those things in mind. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 4, is where we're going to be looking today. And I'm going to start in verse 20. It says this, this is from the New Living Translation. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So our song today is about faithfulness, and in particular, it's about faithfulness to walk a certain path. Is anybody here who likes to go on walks? Anybody like to? It's good to see that. Um, my wife likes to go on walks. I'm not much of a walker, really not much of a runner either. I'm, I'm kind of what they call a couch person. That's kind of, anybody, any couch people in here? Yeah, you're my people. Um, my wife, she, she likes to go on, on walks, though. Um, the only reason I would go on a walk is so I don't have to run. That's why. I, some of you, though, I mean, like, you guys, you're like, can I see the runners? I didn't ask to where you, some of you runners. Okay, yeah. I've, some of you are, like, training for marathons. That's too much. Okay. Can you just stop that right now? The rest of us don't like you. Um, that's too far to run. It's too far to walk. Honestly, I don't even want to drive that far, if you want to know the truth. That's way too far. <laughs> But Marissa goes on walks, and um, when she goes on walks, she has a certain path that she goes in our neighborhood, and the last time she was going on one of these walks, uh, she was very frustrated when she came back, because I don't know if she took a wrong turn, went down a different path, but she slipped, tripped, and fell, and the, the tragedy of it, the catastrophe, uh, it's not that she injured herself, but she ripped her favorite leggings, and um, you know, that might be God's way of saying that you wear those leggings too much. I don't know. But, um, but I bought her some new ones because I like the way she looks in them. So, uh, But my point is, even if you have a certain path, uh, even if you have a set course, even if you know where you're going, it's easy to falter along the path. Any of us are prone to slipping tripping, taking a wrong turn, taking a misstep, and getting off course. Of course, as I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm not talking about actually walking. I'm talking about life. That's kind of what the song is talking about. When it says walk the line, it's not talking about a physical action of walking the line. It's talking about in life, keeping your eyes fixed and keeping your path sure and staying on the straight and narrow and what the song sings about, we learn about in Proverbs chapter 4. I know there's a number of you that you're new to church or kind of just discovering the Bible. I want to explain to you a little bit about Proverbs because Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. Solomon is considered by many to be the wisest man of the ancient world. In fact, some people consider him still to be the wisest man who ever lived, wiser than anybody who would put up against him and Solomon. He wrote about a lot of different things. He wrote a number of different books. He wrote much of the Book of Proverbs. He wrote Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, or Song of Solomon, which is in Scripture. It's another book. He wrote that, and he also even wrote some Psalms. And of all of his writings, he he's, he gives all this wisdom. He writes about money. He writes about relationships. He writes about marriage. He writes about work and career. He writes about eternity. He writes about the purpose of life. With everything that he writes, he says, this is some stuff you need to know. But in Proverbs, it's it's interesting because all these things that are important that he writes, he says, with everything that I've written, everything that you need to know, everything is going to add value to your life, everything is going to be helpful. All of that's good. But if I could sum it up for you, If you don't catch any of that, if you forget everything else I said, if there's only one thing that you remember, I need you to know this, and it's in Proverbs chapter 4, this one thing that sums it up, verse 23, he says, above all else, guard your heart. Above anything else that you could do, you want to walk in wisdom, you want to live wisely. If you want to do this, above all else, above anything else that, You can guard. You need to guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Now, how we think about our heart is a little different than how the Bible talks about our heart. You know, when we think about our heart, we generally associate it with our feelings. And that's absolutely true. Your heart is associated with your feelings. But when the Bible talks about your heart, and the Bible talks about the heart hundreds of times, when the Bible talks about your heart, it's not just talking about your feelings. It's talking about your thoughts. It's talking about your desires. It's talking about your decisions. It's talking about your intentions. When the Bible's talking about your heart and when Proverbs here's talking about your heart and when Solomon's writing about your heart, he's talking about the inside of you. He's talking about those things that that drive you. And so for those of you who have not yet placed your faith in Christ, what I would ask you to consider today, those of you who are not yet Christians, here's what I would ask of you. What if this is true? What if everything that we do comes from something within us? What if everything we do originates on the inside? Because if this is true, then learning to guard it is incredibly important. In fact, I want to summarize my sermon for you. If you don't get anything else, if this is the only thing you remember from today, I'll give it to you up front because you might fall asleep later and you know, I want you to make sure you get this. When you guard your heart, you guide your life. You want to remember this? One thing you got to get when you leave here today, when you guard your heart, you guide your life. You want to stay on the path. You want to walk straight. You want to make sure you don't slip up. You want to stay true. You want to remain faithful. You want to keep centered. When you guard your heart, you guide your life. In other words, to walk the line, watch your heart. That's what it's saying here. Because if you don't deal with what's on the inside, eventually it has a way of showing up on the outside because it's everything that's in you. It's your inward condition that determines your ultimate direction. So the question is, how do we do that? That's what I want to help you with today. That's what we're going to look at. The great thing about Solomon, the great thing about the writer of Proverbs, and the great thing about the Bible is that it doesn't just tell us To guard our heart, we get some insight in how to do it. Solomon doesn't just dictate a directive, he shows us the steps that we need to take if we're gonna stay on the path. And the first one is found in verse 25. You might have missed it, so I'm gonna point it out to you. He says in verse 25, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. This is how I would say it. The first step in guarding your heart is to Fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. Now, I thought it was interesting. Last week, if you were here, we looked at the song and the subject, The Man in the Mirror. We talked about how you look. And what I thought was interesting about that today is, you know, point is you could actually look good on the outside, but be a mess on the inside. But that sermon is all about focus. It's about how you look, your perspective, how you look at things. Are you looking at somebody else or you're looking at the issue? that you're dealing with. And I didn't want to re-preach that message on focus. Just go listen to that one last week. But there is a point that what you focus on matters. Where you look determines how you walk. I have four kids. My third child is Grant. my youngest son. And um, of all my kids, if you've met them, like he's a very sweet kid, maybe the sweetest, but he also kind of lives in his own world a little bit. And uh, he's just like, he, I don't know, it's kind of daydreaming lots of times. He Sometimes just got a confused look on his face. And sometimes when he walks, like he's not even watching where he's going. Sometimes he's, he's actually looking at his feet half the time when he's walking. And uh, I've seen him like just kind of, I don't know what he's doing, just looking at his feet. And he will walk right into a wall. I kid you not. This happened before. And so there is a truth. I don't, don't want to neglect this, that, you know, where you look determines how you walk. It's important, as the scripture says, to look straight ahead. But. I didn't want to re-preach this message on focus, so I was meditating on this verse and kind of reading it. And the phrase that caught my attention wasn't about perspective. It was about the problem. The problem. The, the phrase that caught my attention is this one that says, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. Because, see, I think a lot of us have a problem with our eyes. We've got a, an eye problem. We've we, we got an eye problem. We're not seeing correctly, we've got an I problem. Not, not here, but maybe here and here. Because, see, before you can be right, you got to see right. But it's not just seeing. Sometimes how you talk determines how you walk. I'm such a horrible leader. i such a bad mom father dad i can't do anything right i'm such a failure i don't even know why i try i can't handle all this not good enough can't do it i've got an eye problem and we've got to fix we've got to fix our eyes I tell you, God is more interested in fixing your eyes than he is in fixing your circumstances. And lots of times, if you will fix your eyes, God will fix your circumstances. So how do we fix our eyes? Well, you've gotta to learn to identify the difference between the truth and the trash. The truth and the trash. That's why we sing songs like we sang today, like that Jaira song. Jaira, it's a Hebrew word, just means God, your provider more than enough, provides more than enough. But in that song, if you get folks on how God is your provider, of more than enough, realize that you're already loved. Say, so I'm already loved, I'm already chosen, I know who I am, I know what you've spoken. You gotta fix your eye problem. What has God said about you? you? Gotta identify the truth between the trash, because I don't care what's happened in the past, what you've done, how you've messed up, the mistakes you've made, what somebody else has said about you. you got to know what God has said about you. you got to train yourself to identify the truth versus the trash. This same verse is translated a little differently. Another translation says, take care to stay on the way of truth. The truth. What is the truth? The truth is you can do all things through Christ. He gives you strength. Philippians 4.13, the truth is you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you, Romans 8.37. What's that mean? It means you don't just win, you've got a sustained victory. The truth is God will su- supply all of your needs, Philippians 4.19, whatever you need, he will, he's more than enough to supply it. The, the, the truth is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not a mistake, you're not an accident, Psalm 139. He made you with purpose. He made you in his image. He's put a call on your life. The, the truth is you are called. The, the truth is you're not a mistake. The truth is you don't have to be anxious. God has given you a p- his peace, a peace that passes all understanding. The truth is no matter what you face, it's John 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than anything that you're going to face in the world. That's the truth. You gotta fix your eyes to identify the difference between the truth and the trash. You need to fix your eyes to see yourself as God sees you. See, Solomon isn't just giving us a command to guard our heart. He's given us permission to be proactive in our perspective. The fact that something happened doesn't mean that it's a part of you. The fact that it's here doesn't mean it has to stay. Just because you've been afflicted doesn't mean that you have to be crippled with it. And I can know, I know, I hear some of you saying, like, "Yeah, Pastor, that's great. You're preacher. Sure it's good for you." But like, I'm a, I'm a realist. Okay, and I'm glad like you're talking to me about this. But like, I'm a realist. I, you know, I call it as I see it. I call it how it is. Okay, that's good. I'm not telling you to deny reality. Let me tell you what else Solomon said. He said, there is a way that looks right, but it ends in death. I understand that. I'm not asking you to deny reality. All I'm asking you to do is to do what Solomon said, which is to look ahead. Look ahead. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what is before you. Because the truth is, God has so much more in front of you than what you're facing right now. He's got a good plan ahead of you. He's got good things in store for you. Now, understand, I'm not saying that following Jesus means a problem-free life or a pain-free life. Far from it. In fact, one thing you can count on, Jesus said, is that in this life, you will have trouble. So, in fact, it's quite the opposite. I'm not telling you that following Jesus is problem-free or pain-free. I'm just telling you that it is purposeful and you will have purpose, and you will encounter stuff, but you got to see what God has put in front of you. Fix your eyes. And the reason this is the first one is because if you can't do this, you can't do the next one, which is in Proverbs 4.26. He says, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. So after you fix your eyes, you have to mark out your path. Mark out your path. Another way of putting this you have to define your destination. You got to know where you're going. You got to mark out your path. When you see the reason a lot of us don't have direction is because we don't have a destination. When you define your destination, it determines your direction. Because now you know what you're moving towards. You know where you're going. When you know where you're going, you can stay the course. You can stay on the path. But marking out your path isn't just about where you're going. It's also about knowing where you're not going. So when you mark out your path, you not only define your destination, you also predetermine your parameters. Put it this way, um, a couple weeks ago, my family and I, we went to Florida. We took a family vacation there and we drove. I don't really think that was a good idea now, but we drove and, uh, you know, we typed it into Google Maps or actually Apple Maps because we're Christians. And <laughs> we, we typed it in and gave us the chart, the path to go. But you understand by determining our destination and marking out the path, it predetermined our parameters. What, I'm, what am I saying? By saying where we were going, we also said where we weren't going. I mean, By saying we're going to Florida, we said we're not going to Cali. Honestly, I'd rather go to Cali, personally. I like it better. (laughs) But we ended up going to Florida because it was about the kids. It's not about me. So we, we went there. But what I'm trying to say, in your own life, when you mark out the path, you've got to predetermine the parameters. Here's another way of saying it. Set up some boundaries. Draw a line in the sand. You've got to make some decisions before you are ever faced with the choice. When I, when we set out on this little family vacay and I got to 70, I didn't have to think about, okay, should I go right or should I go left? Should I head east or should I head west? Should I head west? The decision was already made. We're going to Florida. There, there was a boundary line. There was a decision that was made in your life. You have to predetermine some boundaries. You can't wait till you're faced to temptation, with temptation, to see what you're going to do. You can't wait till you're faced with a struggle to see what you're going to believe. You can't wait till you're faced with pressure to see how you hold up. You've got to predetermine your parameters. You want to fair proof your marriage? You've got to pre-decide some things. You've got to set up some boundary lines now. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do this thing. I'm not going to have those conversations. I'm not going to go there in my mind. You've got to draw some lines in the sand. Some decisions that you need to make. Now, Now, any boundary is a limitation, 100%. But I'm not just talking about limitations when it comes to temptation or limitations when it comes to face with being faced with sin. I'm talking about knowing what you're called to and what you're not. Knowing God's plan for you, God's path for you, the areas he's called you to, and just as important, maybe even more important, the areas that he hasn't called you to. Like for us, our church, the mission of our church is to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. This is why I will never apologize and I will always encourage you to be inviting people in your life, to be bringing people with you to church, to be telling others about what God is doing here, those who are far from God, those who need Jesus in their life, those who are disconnected and unconnected from a church. You need to tell those people why, because that's the mission of our church. I wanna engage you in this mission. I want you to be part of it. This is your church, I want you to be part of it. That's our mission. Our mission is not to eradicate homelessness, That's a good mission, but that's not our mission. Our mission is not to start a food pantry. That's a good mission, but that's not our mission. So what do we do? We're gonna find ways to partner with those agencies that are doing things and ways we can come alongside and support, but our mission is to bring those far from God near to life in Christ. You're not gonna get distracted with some of those other things. You gotta know your mission. See, when you don't know the boundaries, when you don't know the parameters, you end up exerting excessive energy and causing unnecessary pain. There was a time when I was a kid, I, uh, if you know anything about me, you know I'm not a big fan of yard work. And this might be why. There was a time when I was a kid, uh, it was always my job to mow the lawn. And uh, I remember one summer, uh, we had a big yard growing up, this one house we lived at. And like, I could handle most of it until I got to about like the last 20%. And the last 20% was like hilly, it was rough, it was almost like a different kind of grass. It it was the worst part of the lawn. And I could usually like get through the lawn on one tank until I got to this part and had to fill it back up. And it was just, it was a chore to get this done. All summer I did that. All summer I hated it. Come to find out, It wasn't our lawn. (laughs) I was mowing our neighbor's yard for a whole summer. I think this is why I hate yard work now. But it's the same thing in your life. When you don't know the boundaries, you end up using resources that you don't need to use, wasting energy that you don't need to use. It's painful. It's burdensome. It's so important to mark the path. You gotta know what your boundaries are. Let me just say you this, boundaries are biblical. Boundaries are biblical. It's not unkind, it's not unloving. Psalm 1.1 says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. That sounds like some boundaries to me. Now, I'm not telling you to build barriers to keep people out. Lots of times we hear this phrase, guard your heart, and what people think is, you know, I got to protect myself. I can't be vulnerable with anybody. No, that's not what it's saying. Just saying that you should have some boundaries, some lines that you won't cross. You need to know who and what you're called to and who and what you're not called to. There's some people that you can't give access to your heart because it will deter your destiny. You gotta manage and steward well the investment that God's put in you. And when you don't know the boundary lines, when you don't know the parameters, it causes unnecessary pain in your life. So you gotta fix your eyes. You gotta mark out your path. But then the third one is this you gotta stay in your lane. You gotta stay in your lane. I can tell this is resonating, so I wanna give you a chance to preach with me here. I want you to think of that person right now or maybe you're sitting next to them. I want you to look at them or find that person who needs to hear this right now and with every bit of authority you have in you, just look at them in the eyes like you really mean it and tell them, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Oh, come on, 915 did way better than you guys on this. You are too kind. Come on, let's just try it. Just like you've always wanted to, this is your chance. Just tell them now, stay in your lane. lane. Thank you. Stay in your lane. Here's where this comes from. Verse 27, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Here's the truth. You can be on the right course, but the wrong lane. (laughs) And I want to settle once and for all in front of everyone here before God and these people that the left lane is for those of us who want to drive faster than you. (laughs) Glory to God on high. That is a word from the Lord for some of you today. Just receive it. We got to stay in your lane got to stay in the lane. You know, I was going to use like a running analogy, but I already told you I don't really like to run. So I've got a driving analogy for you. Um, so in, in my car, and it's not a new car. I've had this car for a while, but when I bought this car, uh, one of the things I liked about this car is it had all these safety features. Not so much for safety. I just like the features, you know, I like all the little things on there. Um, it's got like the craziest features on it. So I I love it. Like one of the things that it has is um, blind spot uh, awareness monitoring. I forget what it is. I don't even know what it's called. But, you know, it'll like the the mirror uh, will flash or indicate or chime when there's somebody in my blind spot. It's good. Keeps me safe. Um, It's got collision detection. So. Like, if I get too close when I'm parking or somebody's behind me or somebody's coming, like, it'll, it'll sense that. It'll let me know. It'll indicate it on the screen. It's great. It's helpful. It's, it's really cool. And it's got this, um, like, adjusted cruise control. So if I've got it in cruise and there's somebody who's in the wrong lane, you know, like the left lane, it will automatically slow down but keep it in cruise to match the speed. It's like all these different safety features on the car. But the best one, the best feature on this car is called lane assist. Anybody know what lane assist is? This is from heaven, let me tell you. Lane assist is basically, when you begin to drift unintentionally, it'll let you know. It's really great for everybody who loves to text and drive, but lane assist will let you know. So um, there's different ways you can set it up, like you can set up to flash on the screen, but, you know, then you have to be looking out the window Probably know that anyway. You can set it up to chime, but that's kind of annoying. But it's got this other thing you can set up. Uh, it's a rumble feature. Marissa calls it butt vibrations. <laughs> it's really bringing down the moment right now. I suppose it's better than butt rumbles, though. That would be <laughs> not really good. But um, I, so, so I have it set on the, the rumble feature so that um, if I begin to unintentionally shift lanes, it vibrates. I like it so much, I don't even use my turn signal anymore. I just like change lanes. I just want to know it's working. It's like a little massage. So some of you guys are thinking is like, man, is that guy drunk? Is he on his phone? No, I just am getting a butt massage in my car. Okay, forgive me. This is inappropriate now. Where was I? Stay in your lane. Um, vibrations. So if you begin to shift unintentionally, it's lane assist kicks in, Let you know, and you feel it. You feel it. Here's what I'm trying to say I can fix my eyes, I can know where I'm going, mark out the path, but I can still get in the wrong lane. And guarding your heart is not about a set it and forget it life. Guarding your heart means you constantly have to monitor and modify. So here's the point. What does it have to do with lanesis? When you feel it, you need to address it. When you feel it, you need to adjust. And this is what I wanted to say to so many of you. You're wondering, how do I guard my heart? Okay, I gotta fix my eyes, make sure I'm seeing myself the way God sees me. Gotta mark out my path. I gotta know where I'm headed and I got to know what my boundaries are, what my parameters are, but you also have to stay in your lane. You have to adjust when you feel it. See, your heart has some guards on it. You might call it some safeguards, feelings. Feelings aren't necessarily evil, they're neutral. They're like warning lights. They're, they're guards to help you. Guard your heart. So when you feel guilt, that's the the rumble. That's the rumble to say, hey, there's something you got to deal with here. You're beginning to drift. When you feel envy, jealousy, that's the rumble. There's something you got to deal with here. When you have anger, is not evil, but when you've got anger beginning to drift, you, you gotta adjust, you got something here you gotta deal with. You've got greed. Desires in and of themselves aren't wrong, but greed, thinking that you're owed something, you need more, you gotta feel the rumble Begin to adjust to how do you correct it? Well, let me just tell you if you've got guilt, if you've got a secret sin in your life, you got a secret something that is eating you from the inside out, something that nobody else knows, something that you're dealing with, you gotta confess. You gotta tell somebody. Find a friend, leader, counselor, some you you can't keep that on the inside you got to confess. That's what that that feeling is. It's a guard for your heart. How about jealousy or envy? We're always living in comparison about what you don't have and what somebody else has. Ask, can you celebrate other people? Can you have gratitude to God for what he's given you? Can you practice gratitude? Can you speak praise? Can you... Speak celebration for somebody else. About greed, you got to give. When when your stuff isn't bad, but when you're addicted to achievement, it's about what you can possess, what you can heap up, what 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 you can hold. When you're valuing stuff over people, and you got to give, got to. Break the back of greed. Break the hold, the power of that. Take that stuff that seems so, so important to you. Give it to someone. Sell it. Give the money. Bless somebody. What about anger? That hurt, that offense, that circumstance, that issue that bothers you. Anger isn't always... Lashing out verbally, sometimes some of you can't even speak. You're You're thinking about it, you're dwelling on it. It turns into bitterness. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. Those things, those rumbles in your heart are indicators trying to help you stay in your lane. You can be on the right path, but the wrong lane. You got to guard your heart. Because when you guard your heart, you guide your life, and you walk the line.